Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. HIV is still an issue in Montgomery County. The more open we're able to talk about HIV, we treat it like any other health prevention. PrEP stands for pre-exposure prophylaxis people who are not HIV positive who may be at high risk for contracting the disease. This is a good choice for you. It's just a way for you to sort of take control and say, I'm going to do this to protect myself. Do it for them. Do it for you, Montgomery County. Learn more about PrEP, the HIV prevention medication. Visit doitforyoumc.org. Hey everyone, Scott Hansen here from NFL Red Zone. I hope you're checking out one hour of Five Yard Rush, one of the best podcasts on NFL football in the UK. Rush Nation, we're back. It's the flagship. We're back on the Monday. Uh, last week was a bit of a, a throw-off to Tuesday because we did have Andy Behrens in the house. And, you know, when, when Andy agrees to come on your show and says, I can only do the Tuesday, you got to move the show. He's a good guy and he's a great a great ambassador for for everybody in this space and i was more than happy to to accommodate that schedule we're back on the monday someone has accommodated my schedule he's a really good friend of mine but before i bring him in just need to do uh need to pay some bills so this show is brought to you by manscaped i have my manscaped t-shirt on i'm representing the brand as it stands right now now it is the best in below the waist grooming for men all across the world I keep talking about the Lawmire 4.0, recently launched in Europe. I love mine. Doesn't give you any cuts. The light makes sure that you can, you know, really get into those places and, and see and get all visibility. And the best thing is about it, it just doesn't cut you. It doesn't leave you sore. It just does everything you need to do. And it has a great range of products. You know, definitely get look into like the Pro Performance Package or subscribe to uh, some of the monthly or quarterly boxes that you can there. And you can get 20% off absolutely everything on the site, including those quarterly subscriptions, with the code 5YARD. And you also get free worldwide shipping. So that's 20% off and free worldwide shipping with the code 5YARD. 
Now, I've already mentioned I've got an old friend on. He's one of my sort of original guys, my OGs. He's someone that when I first started uh, pushing the podcast on Twitter, he was one of the first people I interacted with. And we're still friends this day. We always try and chat where we can. We're both busy people. He is a lot busier than me. He is the, the founder of Run Boys. He hosts the draft night out in Canton. He's riding for Monkey Knife Fight. He's riding for Dr. Roto. He's just about everywhere at the moment. Every time I turn on a podcast, he seems to be popping up somewhere. <laughs> it's Robbie from Run Boys. Robbie, welcome back, man. This has been long overdue. I'm so glad you're back. How are you doing, my brother? Murph, I am good, man. And anytime that you guys ever want me back, I'm always happy to be back, man. Cheers to me. Cheers to you. Shout out to the whole Five Yard Rush crew. Dilly dilly. It's been a while. Uh, too long, too long. But we have kept talking, and you're just crushing it. We were talking off air, just everything you're doing right now. Uh, just like I said, you, you're one of the first sort of three or four people I got to know in the space from from the US properly, and just such a great guy. You just do you just do everything right, and your your heart is pure. You're in this for the right reasons, and you grind. You work hard. There there aren't there aren't people. People tell me I work hard. I'm like, nah, man, you got to see Robbie. Robbie's grinding out a lot more than I do. I feel like I'm like doing a tenth of the work you do. And you're just everywhere at the moment, Matt. It's so great to see you. Uh, CBS, you're doing a mock draft with them. Uh, you're just doing so much, man. I mean, what, what's been going on over the last sort of year, year and a half since you've been on? Um, yeah, so I mean, Rumboys Fantasy Network has definitely grown and, and, and expanded um, in ways that I never thought um, people that people that, 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 that enjoy and appreciate the product that we put out that relate to us that I never knew related to us have, have been showing us love. I mean, like you mentioned, um, we did, a, I've been on with the CBS, I've uh, been on with the NFL network um, over the summer. Um, right. Yeah. Yeah. Shout shots to the homie market shots, homie Florio shots to Heath Cummings uh, went on Pat, Pat Fit Morris's show. Yeah, um, that's right. Yeah, draft night out at the Fantasy Football Expo. That was just crazy. That was just completely bonkers in, in every sense of the word. Um, a, a live draft party, you know, we, we were all locked in over the last year because of COVID. And for everyone to, you know, be able to be back and be around each other, it felt good. Like, look, where my career took, where, where my career had left off in 2019, it almost kind of picked up right where it left off you know, pre-pandemic, as soon as, like, the world kind of opened back back up, um, you know, changes in, 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 and it just it just feels good to give the people what they want. You know, they want, you know, good fantasy analysis. They want, you know, good over-unders and money line, you know, analysis. So, I mean, we're just here giving it to them, and we're giving it to them in a positive way, you know. Um, come through, pour up, pour up a drink with us, have a beer, you know, let, let's talk, you know. I, I don't give a damn if I have to take, you know, a portion of my podcast to to help somebody through their personal life, you know, and talk about mental health or whatever. I'll do a show that that, that is supposed to be an hour and a half long. I'll do a two hour show to, you know, to, to connect with people. So, I mean, I don't know. It's just we're, we're, we're our brand is different. Um, it always has been. It always will be. Uh, and I appreciate everyone that, that, that has supported us over the last like four years, October 10th, one one more month, one more month, literally, and we and we turned we turned five years old. So we will be, yeah. So I mean, our first, our, our our fourth NFL season, you know, fully covering. So yeah, I think I think you you hit the nail on the head there because you go the extra mile, and I think it's your your authenticity 
that I love over everything else. You know, you can go and get fantasy content anywhere, right? I mean, <laughs> they, 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 we're not short of people who will, will give you an opinion no. um, as to what you should do with your lineups. But I, I think the people, what I love, and we were talking about this a little bit just before, it's nice to see the good guys, the, the ones that are just genuinely well-hearted, well-intentioned. They're not trying to be famous. They're just no. trying to be real. And I think that's the difference. Like Troy King's had a meteoric rise over the last 12 months. You couldn't meet a nicer bloke if you tried yourself, you know, and I think they're the kind of people I always come back and stick to. I, you know, yeah. I'm not about the people and, you see a lot of things on Twitter and you see a lot of, a lot of, a lot of hate, a lot, a lot of nastiness. Hate, yeah. yeah, exactly that. And I just, it's just not about that. It's, it's not about that. It's about being a good person. Just looking at yourself. It, I, I always tell people if I can, my first goal in life is just to be a good human. Yeah. Right? I want to contribute to society. I want to be a good human. Right. Nothing else. And unfortunately, not even my family to a degree match up to that. Because I think exactly. that is fundamental of everything. Like, if I'm a good person, the family and everything else all coincide with the rest of that. Like, yep. my family will love me because I'm a good person. I, and, and I will love them because I'm a good, compassionate person. I think that's the center of, of everything. And that's not just something that is like, you're either good or you're bad. That's something you have to that's work a, at. Yeah. You have to invest in yourself. You what can... was acceptable 10 years ago is not acceptable now. Five years ago, you, you're a person of, of race and of color. You know this better than most people. You don't need me to harp on and tell you that. Yeah. <laughs> and there are areas I am deficient as a human in terms mm. of I'm well-intentioned, but sometimes you might say something that I just didn't know was appropriate, didn't appreciate the, the cultural sensitivity of things because I've not been in that position. But I'm yeah. aware of, of that and aware that I need growth. You yourself, as someone who is very much a strong advocate for people of color, people of race, people from ethnic backgrounds who just, you stand up for what you believe in, you stand up for what's right, but you, you do it in a way that is channeling the positivity, not channeling not throwing fire with fire. That, that's what I, whenever you do videos, that's why I always stand by you, brother. It's, it's I appreciate it. No, like, like, I feel like, you know, cause like, it's like you said, like it is a choice. Like I can wake up in the morning and I can choose violence. You know, I woke up this morning in a little bit of a panic. I saw some messages from my finance officer over at the sports app. I was like, we're having an issue. Like it was, it was one client that we were having an issue paying. I'm like, no, we need to get this like taken care of. Like, da, 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 da. like, you know, I was very anxious, you know, and that I, and I, I had to go back and I had to apologize to that person. You know, one, we work together. We have a business relationship together. You know, I need to make sure this is a beautiful place for you to work at, you know. So I had to, you know, kind of like, like hey, I'm sorry. It was just a little a little stress stop, um, you know, but but but, you know, all said and done, we got we got we got that person, you know, take care of and paid, you know. But I mean, even to a further degree than that, you know, when you go, go on Twitter and you open up this thing right here, you know, you open up this, this phone, this cell phone can be so. It can make or break it, but it can also be detrimental to you, you know, and I choose to whenever I wake up, you know, when I log into my Twitter, I choose to be very transparent. If Robbie's having a bad day, you're going to know that Robbie's having a bad day, but we're all going to sit back and we're going to, you know, discuss and we're going to uplift each other. You know, if I'm having a good day, we're all, you know, I'm, I'm going to express that. Um, and I think that it's just that that transparency and that candidness that I think that that, um, 
You know, there, there's 56.7 million fantasy football users. Only a percentage of us are content creators. I'm not going to waste time worrying about what the next content creator is doing or they got to reach on this X amount of many people because there's 56.7 y'all motherfuckers. I'm not stressing. Like, I'm going to get my slice of the pie. Like, you know, there's 9 billion people in the world or 7 billion people in the world and our industry is a $9 billion industry with only 1% of content creators actually touching a, touching a dollar value. I'm here to disrupt that. Like, I have so much bigger dreams and ambitions and goals that go back and forth with a hater on Twitter. Like, bro, if you're trying to come on over, you know, you want to, you want to, you know, work on this app with me or, you know, you want to come on my show and like, you know, you trying to like, like really help people win their lineups and have a good time. Like, that's what it's all about. Like, it's about having a good time. Is there a business aspect to this? Yes. We wouldn't call it the fantasy football industry. If there was not some sort of business aspect or or, or admiration, you know, for this, but for people, you know, oh, well, like, you know, it feels like this person is famous or whatever. Like, I get how it can feel like someone is famous, but I promise you, none of us are fucking famous. None of us are famous. I promise you. I promise uh, absolutely. You. I, I, exactly that. And, and do you know what? I, I always say to people, I don't want to be. Like, I'm not, I'm not being be. funny. I don't want to be famous. I like, really do not. Like, I do not do this thinking... Do you know what? I really am desperate for people to know who I am. I'm really not. Like, I genuinely am not. Like, here, here is what I want to be known as, and you can tell this is a legacy. Murph, he's a good guy. That's it. Right? Anything after he's a good guy, I could not care about. Genuinely. Great fantasy asset. Great family man. No, no. He's a great guy. That's it. That's all I live for is that line. Anything else, I appreciate it. Love that you that you see me as that. But ultimately, that's all I want to be known. He's a great guy. That's the, it. That's in the words and of anything Scarface, else is, is, in, in the words of Scarface, all I have in this world is my word and my bulls. And that's it. That's <laughs> it. That's all I have. At the end of the day, y'all can y'all can take the green screen. Y'all can have the fucking big ass studio lights. Y'all can have my staff. Y'all can have every article I've ever written. Y'all can have every fan that I've ever had. I don't care. Like, and and I think and I think that is why your content is so wholesome. I that's why I think our our content is so wholesome because it comes from the right place. It comes from that spirit of wanting to help, of wanting to help people win matchups because it's important. No, I'm not going to say it's like life or death or that important, but it's important enough to them because they invest time doing it. And like, that is ultimately a goal and we're going to be wrong. We're going to be wrong 35, 40% of the time. That is just, you know, I always compare things to poker. You can go into pocket aces and lose 30% of the time. It's what happens. It's just the game, but we will give you an edge. And over the course of a season that those edges will yield something, whether it's an extra win whether it's a playoff berth, whether it's a championship, but if you stick to the process, we'll make you better players. And that's that's what we're trying to do. You know, starts it's a cool, but we want to make you better players. So let, let's get into that because week one was interesting. I, I mean, we still got Monday Night Football to go, but week one's been interesting. There's been a lot of things. I feel like this has been a week one 
a lot of people will remember for a while because there was a lot of stuff happened. Um, a lot of stuff. What for you, if, if I had to say to you the three things that surprised you over anything else this week from a fantasy perspective, what, what would they be? Man. <laughs> so there's so many. All right. For, for, first, first, Ty, Ty, Ty God. Okay. Me being a Virginia Tech Hokie fan from like a college aspect, like it felt good to see him ball out, but it was also one of those things like a fantasy analyst. Like when I remove, when I remove like my serious, overly uh, obsessed Virginia Tech fandom out of it, it was why is he balling out and why is he balling out more than some other fantasy quarterbacks? You know, why is he having a better day than one Baker Mayfield? You know, di- just different things like that. Um, and trying to trying to deal with that and compute that. Um and understanding, you know what, it's week one. No one has everyone has moved around. There's not f- enough film to really go around on on, you know, a lot of these new players and these new offenses. Um, I feel like that this season we may have had more off-season movement and more groundbreaking off-season movement than ever before. We do have one less preseason game in favor of an extra season game. You know, so players haven't gotten exactly the the, the full reps that they may have normally gotten. Um, some players did not play at all, period, during the preseason. I mean, we've seen that before, but I think that this year we saw an all-time high of just more coaches being a lot more cautious. Um, and even when you did get to see some of your ones in that, in that those final preseason weeks, it was, they were already, or, or they were only in for like a, like a couple of series, you know, not how they would maybe be in for a whole half during a, during the preseason, the final week of preseason. So Tyrod going off, I think that was, that was an attribution to that. Um, the, the, the Eagles winning, um, and beating beating the brakes off the Falcons. I think that that's because Falcons did not play a single one of their starters, period, during preseason. We never saw Kyle Pitts at all. Um, and, then, and then also, um, I, I think Jared Goff kind of showing that, hey, guys, it's not just McVay. Like, I can actually play football. Like, I'm actually good at throwing this thing here. Um, so I, I think that that, that, that that was also a, a shock to me. Um, there's a whole lot more, I mean, that we'll, I'm sure we'll touch on. Yeah, I mean, to touch all of those things, I mean, Tyrod, yeah, I mean, that that for me was the shocker. I, I genuinely thought the Texans were going to come out and be just an absolute mess. There's so many dudes on that roster, so many guys, not a lot of stars, a lot of guys. There's been a lot of talk. They've probably been the most talked about franchise in the NFL this offseason, and a lot of it for the wrong reasons. For and reason, for yeah. them to put it out there, and okay, it's Jacksonville. Let's sit here and and qualify. They've got a new coach, a new quarterback. That's going to take some time. But you look at those rosters on paper. They, the Texans shouldn't be scoring over thirty points on that defense. It's just it, on paper that should not happen. And that's where you have to. Co- that's where you have to credit the quarterback who's experienced. You have to credit that coaching staff who did one heck of a football job. They did a great job getting those guys prepared. You guys like Danny Amendola, they brought in guys who might not be stars or were stars, not stars anymore, but guys that are desperate to play, guys that are desperate to resurrect careers. They got a lot of guys there who aren't Mark Ingram cast aside in Baltimore. 
he had a point to prove. They got they seem to have got guys who Philip have an Lindsay, edge. Yeah. Philip Lindsay got cut, not happy about it. David Johnson. David Johnson. Yeah. yeah. Brandon Cooks. You know, you've got all these guys who Dami Amadol, you've got all these guys who just have an edge. All these guys that haven't been deemed good enough. Everyone's been trash talking them, calling them the worst team in the NFL. And do you know what? They shut a lot of people up, and uh, and I think fair play to them. Um, Jalen Hurts played like a man who knows his job is on the line, and, and credit to him because a lot, you know, they've got three picks next year. They've been in the Watson race. I mean, there's a lot of things about whether or not they're going to. He's going to be the starter next year, but if he plays like that, he will be the starter. He made some good throws. He made some really good touchdown that got up was 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 a great play and. You know, credit credit where credit's due. They they did extremely well. And, and do you know what? It was nice to see. It's such a dark cloud over them, the Eagles, last year with everything that was going on with Wentz and everything that was going on them um, with the coaching staff who, you know, it just was a bit nasty. It just seems to be all that nastiness has left the building. Yeah, but I, I feel like I feel like that that organization, you know, they they especially even from what we saw, you know, in the preseason, there was a lot of questions of, you know, is this defense going to be good? Is is there enough depth for this team to compete long throughout the season? It's week one. Um, it, it's week one. I do want to make sure that, that oh, we 100%. are aware of that. You know, everyone was like, oh, the Kyle Pitts breakout is going to happen. And, like, of course it didn't. Like, right. you know, like, so, I mean, it's week one. Like, we got to remember that, you know. Yeah, and I think that's a big lesson to, to hold. I think, for me, the shocking things was Trey Sermon not playing, not even getting, not even suiting up having Elijah Mitchell come in over him. And then as a result, Mostert gets injured, which doesn't shock me in the slightest. And then all of a sudden, looking at um, looking at what they've done with regards to Mitchell just going off 100 yards on the ground on 19 touches, um, I thought that was, yeah, it was a heck of a performance. And it was interesting that McVay mentioned Sermon and said he just wasn't one of the best three running backs in camp. Like, that's a statement. And I don't think, and I, I, I'm trying to preface this by saying it is week one. Don't overthink this. That to me sounds like a message from a coach who believes in his running back and saying, Yo, you're going to get a reality check here. You have not been good enough. We traded up to get you. You're going to have to work harder. I don't see that as, a, as Mitchell getting all of that work till the end of the season. I think Sermon is still a yeah, thing. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I don't. I don't see that. Um, one of the, one of the benefits that does come out of that, um, you know, none of us, none of us were surprised about when when Mozart went down. Like, I, I, I don't know a fantasy manager out there that was like, "Oh my gosh, like I can't believe Mozart got hurt." Like, like I was calling play by play yesterday. Like when it happened, I was like, "Well, there, there's my my DFS lineup just like gone." You know. Um, with that being said, and with that being stated, I think that it, that that it showed them they can maybe if. Sermon gets get, get gets his shit together. You can have a one-two punch of Sermon and Mitchell, you know, yeah. and I think that could be serviceable for a long time to come. Shanahan loves having youthful guys in that backfield, and he loves having a stable of running backs that he can go to. He's he he's part of the reason why now over half the NFL is running back by committee. I feel like because they're like, oh, that's working, like. You know, let, let, let's just all try and try and get a bunch of different running backs now. So, I, I think that that, that 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 it worked out well. Um, I was on record uh, during the off season. I was like, "Yo, Elijah Mitchell's a steal. Like, like, like it's a steal. It's a steal." You know, um, yeah, I still believe in Trey Sermon, 
but there was always a piece of me that kind of always believed in Elijah Mitchell more. So I'm just going to use this as a victory lap moment. <laughs> um, We've had a, you know, so I, I hope that I was going to say, go we had a question come in and it's <laughs> Murph, what happened to the Packers? Um, <laughs> I don't have a good answer to this question at all. Uh, yeah. I, was, I wanted to address this. They, they stunk. <laughs> they stunk it up real it's, bad. Like really bad. Um, but the Saints knew, like, like, like Sean Payton. So, like, like, everyone's like, "Oh my gosh!" Like, Aaron Rodgers got outshined by Jameis Winston. It wasn't that he got outshined by Jameis Winston. They got straight up out coached by Sean Payton. They were out coached, though. Here's the thing: the Packers were out coached before even fucking stepping on that field. You knew that Rodgers was four and three in the state of Florida prior to this. You calculated and triangulated. Every single flight that could have came in from Green Bay and how much the cost and what the cost of the hotels and fans wanted to fly down, you, Sean Payton and the New Orleans Saints, knew what they were doing down to a T. I can't hate on that. Like, it, there was a game plan a week, uh, two weeks in advance to these two teams stepping out on field. Hurricane Ida hit New Orleans. We, we, we pray for all of our, all, all of our friends and family down, down in New Orleans. But Hurricane Ida came through New Orleans. It made it a neutral site game. It happened to be a neutral site game and not having to worry about playing in the dome or anything like that. And you're outside. You're in the elements. You're used to playing cold Wisconsin. You got to go down to Florida. Like, yeah, that's different, you know, in the, in, in the month of September. Like, Sean Payne just out, out, out game plan what Rodgers was, was going to be ready for. Like, that, that's all there was to it. And, and, and I think this lies to the deeper point, right? I don't want to sit here and say that Matt LaFleur is a bad football coach because I don't think he is. You know, you don't go 13-3 and back-to-back. You don't go to AFC Championship games or NFC Championship games back-to-back and be a bad football coach. However, we've got to remember he is in year three. And it's no surprise to me that the guys who beat him in the big games, you're talking about Sean Payton, you're talking about the Bruce Arians of this world, are the experienced coaches who have been there, who have done it, who have been round the block so many times, who know all the tricks. And I think that is the biggest thing of this team is that inexperienced coaching stuff. And yes, it's year three. Every year you learn a little bit more, but not everyone is Sean McVay. Not everyone is going to figure this thing out in a year, in two years. And I think Matt LaFleur has done a great job, but there are times he is very predictable. There are times where his indecision leads to a negative impact. We look at the NFC title game. They should have taken a timeout before electing to kick the field goal. And they should have thought about it. They should have just gone. But they're just saying that with the with the floor, you know, NFC title game, you should be taking a timeout there before making that decision to kick the field goal. The same way that yesterday they needed a reset and they just did not they didn't do that. And I think where the floor struggles is when things are getting away from him. He doesn't know how to give himself that time to just reset everything. And that's something he'll learn. And that's something they'll get better at. I, if as a Packers fan, I wouldn't worry. You've got Detroit next week. I think that's the perfect game. You know, you're going to be at Lambeau. It's a divisional game. The, the crowd are going to be up for it. I think everything resets Monday night football next week. I just think it's, 
How exactly. often do you see the Packers lose two games in a row? Just doesn't really happen in the last few years. So no. as a Packers fan, I wouldn't be overly worried. But what you will want to see now is the reaction to this defeat. And it was a it was a proper whooping. And how they learn from this. Because if they learn from it, like you look at the Buccaneers last year, the Saints absolutely put it on them. You know, it was 38-3 uh, in week nine. They put it on them badly i mean it was it was embarrassing and then they met eight weeks later in new orleans and they reversed the result it's how you deal with that and i think teams that get bloodied early more dangerous than ones that just coast through look at pittsburgh last year pittsburgh coasted to 11 and 0 everyone's talking about them being one of the best teams of all time and you're like we haven't really played anyone they haven't really had a big test then they lost that first game and all of a sudden it all started to get unraveled and i think I think Packers fans are, you know, if you're going to lose a game like this, lose it in week one. Lose it in week one when you've got time. Yeah, don't lose this in week 13, 14 when you don't have the time to turn it around. I just think they've got to learn from it. But they've got to learn from it quickly. But I think, you know, perfect game on, on Monday night. And, we, and we've seen we've seen teams, teams you know, turn 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 around. Like, like this is the first week of football. I, I saw a lot of people, you know, whether it was on, on on Twitter or on the Sports Me app, you know, a lot of a lot of folks running around. Oh, the Packers are done. Like, stick a fork them all. It was supposed to be the last dance. I'm like, what's the first week? And like, people were doing this over like multiple teams. Like, like people were running around like, oh, the Bengals beat the Vikings. Like, get ready. Like, like I'm like. <laughs> they had to beat them in overtime. Like, chill. Yeah. Like, like, you know, and I want money on that game. You know, shout out to the Bengals on the money line, but still, <laughs> like I yeah, I think overreaction Twitter really kicked off into in the full spin last night. I think that and, and I think, you know, when we're looking at things to learn from, what we're looking at, yeah, for me, there's nothing to learn about that Packers Saints game. That was just a bizarre game that won't ever play out like that again. For me, there's not a lot other than you know, Winston looked good, and and it'd be interesting to see how they use Johnson as a tight end. And there's some little things there on the Packers side. There's absolutely nothing to learn. But then they're the same team. There's no one different on that roster. Significantly, they're pretty much the same team. We know what we're going to get. They're a team that are going to win 11, 12, 13, 14 games this season. We know that's going to happen. We know they're going to win their division. So I'm not worried. I'm not worried about the Packers. I'm worried about. Other teams, like for me, Jacksonville, that was probably the worst possible start. I think there's other teams there. I learned a lot about the Texans. I learned a lot about Detroit that we didn't know. And th- th- let's focus on on Houston then, because you mentioned your boy Tyrod. He obviously had had a game. He's obviously shown the NFL that he can still play to a, to a good level and a starting level uh you know, quarterback, which many people kind of questioned, where he obviously looks like he's going to have that role for at least a few weeks, if not longer. But let's talk about the running backs, because I think the biggest surprise was Mark Ingram getting 26 carries and the rest of the running backs getting 11. Do we think that is going to be maybe not the full 70% workload, but do we really feel that Mark Ingram is the guy in this backfield that you want to own? Or do we feel like this is just like a week one pivot that's just going to hammer him until he's done? Ingram Ingram is probably who, who, who you would want to roster out of that backfield. But don't be shocked if there's going to be certain weeks where he's just not, he's just not that guy. Um, we have to keep in mind that Cully and him have rapport from their days back in Baltimore. 
Um, the big knock on Cully was, well, he was the passing game coordinator for Lamar Jackson. <laughs> who does so, not throw the ball a heck of a lot. <laughs> yeah, yeah, who doesn't throw the ball a whole lot. But just because that, that, but that was a different personnel grouping for Coley than what Coley has now. There was not a single Brandon Cooks on the entire freaking roster in Baltimore. They had no receivers. They had to go and get Bateman, who's freaking bloodied injured for them right now. So when you, when you, when you actually take a look at it, and why I didn't think about this heading into the game, here's the mistake that I made as an analyst. I immediately looked at the Jaguars and the talent they had on paper, and I said, that's a win. I completely discounted this coach has NFL experience. You just came up from college, buddy. That's like that 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 that's that's like that's like when your little brother is like is like is like, let's go run routes in the backyard, and it's like you guys are seven years apart, you're ten times his size, you've been eating steak and potatoes already, <laughs> like of course you're gonna dog him on all nine routes, like yeah. you know, like like he's 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 just now putting on his first pair of pads, you know, like you're already playing freaking middle school ball, you're in Pop Warner, you know, so like 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 like, like I think that I and also as a handicapper, I could have probably handicapped that game a lot better for a, for, for a lot of folks at home. Um, I did go Jacksonville on that. Um, but I am now, now that I go back and I'm like, okay, what did I get wrong in that? I think that the reason why the Texans look so damn good is because having an experienced coach gets an inexperienced coach. I think that that's it. I don't think that the Texans continue to do that. No, but I do think they will get, I do think they'll be more competitive than people like myself and yourself probably gave them credit for because they do have this. They one thing I saw over anything on the Texans roster is grit. I just saw that one thing yeah. that you can't quantify on money lines or in fantasy points. No. They just all have guys who, as I said earlier, have something to prove. They've all got chip on your shoulder guys. They've all got guys who are trying to extend careers. They're trying to get a last payday or they're trying to get the next payday. They're trying to stay in the NFL. And they haven't just got like just random guys who have never had chances. They took guys who have just been cut everywhere. Experienced guys who got cut for financial reasons, who got cut for disciplinary issues or they got cut for culture fit or scheme fit or whatever it was, yeah. but they got a load of guys. They signed so many players in free agency and they, I can see it now. I don't know why I didn't see it at the time, but they got a lot of guys who just people like you and me and everyone else thought they're not good enough to play. And you know what? They took that personally. And I respect that. I respect the yeah. fact that they stood up and said, we're not having that. We're going to show this league. And you know what? They're not going to go to the playoffs, right? That's a safe bet. No. But they can realistically win half a dozen games this year. And just through that grit and determination and desire. And that was the difference between the two teams for me. They looked at, they looked at that and went, right, we're just going to get together. They looked like the organized team, whereas the Jaguars just looked... These looked a mess. And the one thing that the Jaguars have not had for the last couple of years is a leader. And I know this because I've supported Tampa Bay long enough before the GOAT turned up and before you had people like JPP who started to change the culture. He gets massively undersold by yeah. how important he has been. 
but I don't look at the Jags and think, oh, there's a leader in there. There's a real guy who's just going to really organize them. And I think Lawrence will be that guy. But when you're a rookie, you're too busy thinking about I'm number one overall. I've got to not get embarrassed. And there yeah. isn't another guy on that roster. You know, you don't have your Claire's Campbells anymore. You don't have um, the better yeah, your Yannick and Gokwes. You don't have these Jalen Ramseys. Like, people can talk about Jalen Ramsey all they want about, oh, well, you know, he's big and loud and bolshy and he's a bit of an overreactor or, you know, he's a character. But hey, you know he what? Plays, he plays a position so well. He's one of the best to play the position. And at the same point, he's a winner. And you need guys like that. Yeah. I don't see Jacksonville. I worry about where these winners are, and especially with someone like Urban Meyer, who will demand that from his players. I worry about where that's going to come from. But it is week one. There's plenty of time for that to, to develop. Let's talk about Detroit, because they got whooped to begin with, and then they showed some fight at the end. Yeah, this is a promise, yeah. Because they're such a bad fantasy prospect on paper, there's not a really an alpha receiver we want to roster. But the running back situation became quite clear, which was good. What do we think of Detroit moving forward? Do we think this is an equal sort of role for the running backs? And then on top of that, you know, what do we think of Hawkins? What do we think of the wide receivers? What are we thinking of the, the Lions as a fantasy prospect moving forward? But the, the, the Lions, in terms of fantasy, I think that they're, they're, they're still they're, they're, there's some value there. Hawkinson, it could could be making a case possibly at the at the end of the year, depending on how how the tight end rankings shake shake out to where either A, he's still going to be sitting right there, um, you know, top five, um, or B, I mean, he could be moving into the top three. Uh, one way or the other, he's a, he's a pivotal, pivotal part of, of that offense. Um, I think that Amon Ross St. Brown is eventually going to come along and come along into his own, even though, Amon Ra 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 <laughs> is stuck in a bad offense. Um, but uh, with, with that being said, it's stated a one-two punch of Williams and Swift. Uh, it clearly seems to be effective. Both of those guys ended as the RB two and three uh, this week in terms of fantasy and PPR formats. So knowing that and being aware of that, is this team definitely fantasy relevant? Absolutely. Um, can this team, from even just a football standpoint, maybe eventually progress and keep getting better? Look, you're at the right point in time to where you got enough going on right now to where a couple of drafts, maybe two, three drafts, some free agent moves, you move some pieces around. Maybe you're looking up as a, as a divisional winner in, in two, three years. Um, so Detroit has a lot of promise. Dan Campbell showed me yesterday that he's been coaching up this team a, the proper way, and they're they're just I, I wouldn't be surprised if they're stuck in a lot of shootouts or a lot of potential comebacks like that. Um, will they win? Probably not. Probably not going to win a whole hell of a lot. But I think that this team does have some fantasy relevant pieces, um, and I think that we we, we need to give we, we also need to give give golf his, his just respect and just dues because we always said that golf was only who he was because of McVay, and that clearly seems to be neither here or there. So yeah, I I think I think. What I learned about them is that they're going to run, they're going to run Williams and Swift well together. They're going to be heavily involved, the pair of them. I was a little concerned that Swift wasn't going to be as involved in the passing game. Those 
those concerns are gone after what we've seen yesterday. Yes, we think Williams is probably going to get more carries over or be more even than we kind of thought. I don't know. But the one thing I've seen is that, yeah, Swift is going to be, he's going to be a heavy part of this offense. I think I look at these wide receivers now. I think, yeah, Sam Brown will come through at some point. It's not going to be pretty for a few weeks. I think you have to kind of let that one go. Tyrell Williams is, is not going to be a big thing, but, He's someone that you should roster. You never know. You get stuck in a corner. He's going to get some volume, but I think it's it's Hawkinson, it's Williams, it's Swift. That's pretty. And then St. Brown at some point, I think. And then Goff. Yeah, Goff is one of these guys. My issue with Goff is he will continue to turn the ball over. He threw a pick six. He will do that. He will th- he will turn the ball over every single game. And when you're the line, and this is where I think the Lions have got to really look at this now because they've got, We've got a year at looking at Goff, and I think it's going to be interesting to see if Dan Campbell can coach that out of him or someone can coach that out of him because it's not it's not like he throws a ton of picks, but he, he fumbles, he's got ball security issues. You know, he loses the football far more than someone who's earning the kind of money he, he is. He ain't as bad as Daniel Jones, so, I <laughs> mean, it could be that, worse. That's quite a low floor you're saying there. I mean, you're talking about Daniel Jones, and then there's no one else really underneath him. But I think that's something that he'll need to work on. One thing that really stuck out for me yesterday, I don't know if you, if you picked this up, is running the football yesterday looked hard. <laughs> like, looks very difficult for every team. Every team struggled running the football. In fact... I can't remember a week where, all right, we still have Monday Night Football to go. Only four guys broke the 100-yard barrier, um, which I just can't really remember it being that thin. And then the leader of that was Joe Mixon had 127. You had 127. Mitchell was second at 104. Gordon ran 101. And then Damian Harris ran 100 flat. But he's going to be, with that ball security issue, he could be uh, in for Belichick rollicking despite rushing for 100 yards. It's interesting to see for me that so few. I right, McCaffrey at ninety eight. There's a few guys in the nineties there, but I found it really interesting that people struggled to to run the football. and I, And I haven't done all the analysis on this yet, but it looks like teams were not committing to the run as much as you would expect, which I I thought was was interesting. I know we're going. We know we're in a pass first league, but what do you think of that going for? Do we think that now? the running backs that people so heavily invested on could potentially lose you games as a result or. I, I think that, that, that we're, 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 we're entering that, that phase. Like if you notice, even, even during the off season, you had a lot more people this year preaching, you know, zero RB, you know, and that, that was different for me because, you know, being in this industry, as long as I've been, it's like, that was a thing and people did it, but like, it was never really successful. Um, this weekend, it, it, it appeared that that could have potentially been a, a successful strategy for you. Um, I mean, Mel, Melvin Gordon being one of those guys, you know, that that, that you, if you went zero RB, you probably ended up with him as your RB1 or, or something or the other. Um, I, I don't I, – I hope that every week does not pan out like this. Um, we are going into a more of a passing league, and I think that this weekend definitely – Woke up a lot of a lot of running back heavy shooters, a lot of robust uh, 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 robust RB shooters. Um, I'm gonna say for those of those those that that, that, that prescribes the same theory as me, 
let's hang on. You know, we're still hanging on to our Derrick Henrys. We're still hanging on to, you know, our, our Najis, our Gibsons, our Chubbs, so on and so forth. We're, we're, we're hanging on to all of these guys. <laughs> I said Chubbs. Yeah. <laughs> um, but we're, we're hanging on to all of our guys, you know, and we're still keeping our head up. Um, I think that this is just that it was just a week one. The fireworks were out, you know, everyone wanted to, you know, go out and put on a show for the fans. First five fans were back in the stands. Like, I think there was a lot of outside um, things that played into it. It did it, when I got it. Or call it, coming from the from the play by play standpoint, when I was calling um, games, it felt like the afternoon window went by really fast. Like the afternoon window felt like it went by really quick. And usually, usually what what what, I, what I'm able to correlate that to is we're having a lot of through the air action. You know, because you're because you're you're running clock. You have to get, get get guys set back up on offense. Yada yada yada. So I think that that in all honesty, this this week, yeah, definitely difficult to establish the run. Now I felt that that was across league wide. I don't believe that that'll ha- that'll continue to happen. No, I mean, like the- it, it was strange that you know only two players actually handled eighty percent of their team's rushes. They were both in the same game. It was Dalvin Cook and and, and Joe Mixon. You know, uh, Najee had 76%, but he had 100% of all the running back touches, which is, is all you really care about. Um, but it was people like James Robinson, you know, 35.7% of his teams uh, of the running back touches today, which is not what we would expect. It's not what I expected. I don't think it's what anyone kind of expected. I'm hoping it's because game script went against them. Um, and I think that Urban Meyer has a shorter leash. Than previous coaching staffs there, but I think it's it's going to be interesting to see when it re, when it rebounds. So on that theme, who do we think are players who are going to rebound sooner rather than later, week two, potentially or, or more that potentially had a really bad week one? You're you're not going to convince me that that, that, that Derrick Henry's not walking in next week with a chip on his shoulder. Um, Derrick Henry's coming back and he's going to, he's going to run through someone. I, I, I feel it. I already know it. Um, he, he had, he had a bad week. Um, Aaron Jones, I, I, I expect to bounce back. Um, especially the Packers, they don't like losing and they're going up against the lions. Um, and if the lions can put up, can put up a fight, you're eventually going to want to reach the fourth quarter where it's like, we need to start eating time possession. So they don't have any time to you know go go out go out and score i noticed that a lot of whole uh, not a whole lot of time possession football was played um i so i so i expect you know i i expect kind of kind of kind of guys like that i expect zeke to eventually you know not be having to do a, a, a lot of the pass blocking um but i mean dallas also kind of figured out like oh wait we have these receivers like maybe we don't need to give zeke all the workload um and that's probably why zeke was was as productive as he was in previous years, because there there were there weren't those those receivers, um. So I think that that you know we'll 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 see we'll see the top half of fantasy football come back. Um, we we just gotta. I think that we gotta we gotta be patient and we gotta temper our, our expectations. Like, I I am not gonna lie. I got blown out the water in a lot of my matchups this week because I had you know. The, the 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 Henrys, the Antonio Gibsons, the the you know 
I had, you know, very strong running back cores that just did not go out there and do it for me. Yeah, I, I think, as you say, a lot of them bounce back. I think, you know, you're looking at some of these matchups here for next week, and I'm I'm looking at, you know, Dalvin Cook against the Cardinals. Looks like a good matchup. I know Derek Henry didn't take advantage of that. I think that will change uh, th- this week. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm looking at, in particular, Najee against the, the Raiders, I think looks like a good matchup, and we don't know yet because we haven't had Monday night football. Um, but I think that's a good matchup for him. I'm looking at, you know, the bills might try and run the football, but better depends what happens with Zach Moss and whether he's going to play, but against that Dolphins team, I think they might get a little bit of joy there. I'm looking at, at Henderson against the Colts. I think, it, you know, that Jonathan Taylor and Naheem Hines tandem will continue the role. It ran well last, uh, yesterday. I, you know, for me, I'm looking at players who people are ready to cash out on and think, actually, you don't need to. So Zeke, you mentioned, I think Zeke will have a better game. You know, the Buccaneers are the best run defense in the NFL. They have been for the last two years. You're not dealing with Vea and you're not dealing with, with Sue. I mean, they hold McCaffrey to 60 yards rushing. They hold a lot of guys to, to zero rushing. And so... You know, and he was on blocking assignments. I think Zeke is just one of those things. But I do think his role will be slightly decreased from maybe what we expected. But I wouldn't worry too much about him. Mike Evans, I think, has a big game next week. He loves playing the Falcons. The Falcons can't cover anybody. I mean, we saw that yesterday. I think Mike Evans is a smash play next week. I look at some of these guys and think there's some really good matchups next week. I, you know, Cortland Sutton, if Jerry Judy's going to be out. Um, I'm really interested to see what Tyler Haneke does now at quarterback now that Fitz is on IR. Um, yeah. The big one for me, and I have one big question mark next week, based on some comments that Mike Vrabel has made, is, is Julio Jones. Is Julio Jones going to be a thing in week two or going forward because he's in a bit of trouble with, with Mike Vrabel, who we know won't, won't stand for him? Um, Julio Jones is going to be fine. And, and like Rabel being, be, being, being a hard nose, you know, type, type of guy. I mean, we remember him back in his back, back in his days as a player, um, uh, with the Patriots. I mean, he, he's just one of those, one of those, you know, blue collar type of guys. Julio's going to be a thing. Rabel's going to respect Julio because Julio's a hall of fame caliber type of receiver. Um, and, and that's one of those things that just, that just commands respect. Um, but to a certain aspect, um, uh, going back and watching yesterday's game, part of me did kind of feel like, does Julio maybe make this team worse? Like we've seen it before in other sports, you know, where where you have so much talent on a roster. You know, we see it a lot, especially in basketball, where it's like you have all these talented players all together and they can't make it happen. Um, the, the Houston Rockets were a great example of that. And I think that this team could potentially be the football equivalent to that, where you do have a lot of talent. You should be pulling out wins, and you're going to pull out wins. But the talent that you have could also come back and bite you in the ass later on because you're, you're, gonna, you're, cause you're, you're constantly worrying about game planning to get the ball into Julio's hands, but then making sure that AJ doesn't feel left out. But then, wait, we have this guy, Derrick Henry, that could just take over a whole game by himself. Why are we not using him? Um, Tannehill did not look comfortable yesterday. That offensive line looked like shit yesterday. Um, so it, it's it's 
if I'm Vrabel, I'm putting my whole team. It's not it's not just a Julio thing. It's everybody. It's that whole offense. Run hills. Go. Run. And you're not going to stop running until I'm satisfied. Yeah, I, I think the Titans are an interesting one. They haven't started well. You've got the Seahawks next. That's probably not the game you want to be playing because they looked good yesterday. I think that's going to be a tough one for them. I want to focus a little bit on, on because your knowledge of college and, and rookies in particular is, is second to none. We had you on a while ago. We talked about rookies then um, and how you scout and how you watch. And I recommend people to go back and find uh, the episode. And I'll try and tweet it out. I'll, I'll try and have a dig in the archives and, and find it. But in terms of, because for me, I saw some things yesterday from some rookies um, and younger players on rosters who I think we're not going to necessarily see the payoffs of having them on our roster now in the next two to four weeks. But I think come week seven, week eight, week nine, as we're getting to the business end of the fantasy season, I can see some players in particular who are going to be players I want to own now because I know the second half of this season, they're going to absolutely ball out. They're not necessarily going to be the Justin Jefferson of this year, but they're going to have that similar sort of growth where it's a slow burn and get there. Who in particular for you are those sorts of players that we can expect can come along in four weeks time, five weeks time, six weeks time and beyond. I, I feel like Devontae Smith put on a, put on a well enough outing um, in, in, a, in a game that, you know, actually counted it. Um, but uh, he's, he's earned, he's earned, he's earned my respect. Um, Jamar Chase looked amazing yesterday. I just really need to know if that is going to be consistent or not. Um, I get that in fantasy. Everyone's like, well, we don't worry about drops. I mean, da, 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 da. You still kind of care about that type of stuff. Um, I, don't, I don't. Yeah, you know, I don't, I don't care who you are. So I mean, Smith Chase looked well yesterday. Um, trying to think, there was another rookie who had who had a hundred had a hundred yard out, uh, receiving outing. Um, shit! Wow, it's really evading me right now. There was three rece- There was three rookie receivers that that I had. Um, and I tweeted it out this morning. It was Waddle. No, oh, oh no, it, it was. Chase, yeah, it was five, so they they all all three. I, I stand corrected. All three did not have a hundred yard outings, um, but they all but they all scored they all scored touchdowns. Chase had five receptions for one hundred and one in a TD. Devontae Smith six receptions and seventy one yards for a TD, and then Waddle four receptions and sixty one yards for a TD. Um, all three were, were guys that like, like I, I had highly touted. Um, I feel like that they all lived up to their rookie height. Um, and I still want. I still want to. I'm still high on Amon Ross St. Brown. I still want to see him come into come into come into to to, to play. So you know, just just a couple couple you know guys that I have on my radar that I'm interested in. Mitchell from the 49ers. He did amazing out out the backfield. He could possibly work Trey Sermon out of a fucking job. <laughs> um, Zach Wilson looked okay as a quarterback. Him and Corey Davis uh, clearly have, are, are are in are in are in sync. But I think that the Jets are still the Jets. I, I think that it doesn't matter what Zach Wilson does. I think that that team is just that team and will just be that team for a hot minute. But, I mean, yeah, those are just a couple, a couple of rookie performances that, that I, I, I highlighted yesterday um, that I was super, super just, just really impressed by. Um, Najee being on, field, on the field for all, all the running back 
shares, like you mentioned earlier. Yeah. That's absolutely beautiful. Yeah. And, you know, he did, he did a good job. I got a couple more I want to add to that. The first I talked about on the Wave Wire podcast earlier, which is Terrence Marshall Jr. I thought the fact he got six targets in his first game is in that role says to me that they're trying to get this guy acclimatized quickly. And again, I think it's a slow burn. I'm not starting him for the next three weeks, probably, unless there's an injury or something significantly happens. But I tell you what, come there by, come off there by. I think he's someone who's going to be a factor, especially in fantasy playoffs. I think his trajectory is very similar to that of Justin Jefferson. I don't think he's going to get the same totals. I don't think he's going to win offensive rookie of the year or anything like that. But I do see him getting those sort of, 80-yard games towards the end of the season and getting scores and getting more work. And I think he is someone I see massively. It's someone I'd be buying now. If I didn't have him, I'd be buying him or drafting him very, very low um, and being happy to get him on a lot of rosters. He's someone I'd be actively trying to get on waiver-wise if he's there in the leagues that I'm in and I don't own him or I don't have him rostered, then he's someone I would want to be acquiring. so he's someone that really, really interests me. You know, people look at Elijah Moore yesterday and are, and are panicked. I don't panic about Elijah Moore. Elijah Moore is going to be, oh. it's going to be fine. Listen, he got four targets, didn't have the best day. He is going to listen. Braxton Barrios is not going to get seven targets again. It's just not going to happen. Yes, he got seven Mm-mm. targets yesterday. Don't worry about Braxton Barrios. He's not the thing. You know, Mims got one. Yes, okay, he hit on the forty yarder, but you know what? That's his role now. He's a deep guy. He's the next to Sean Jackson. That's going to be his role. He's not going to get the volume. I'm looking at where this volume is going in this offense. It's going to be Corey Davis. It's going to be Elijah Moore. Don't worry about Elijah Moore. He is going to come along, and he's going to be absolutely fine. They're the guys for me. Um, The other one, Jalen Rager. Jalen Rager was someone who I've been sneakily drafting very under the radar, thinking that he was someone who could really do a job. And Okay, he got the perfect game yesterday in the sense of it was against the Falcons who can't defend anybody. They didn't have the money to invest in that defense, but you know what, you know, six targets, he caught all of them. Yeah. Okay. It's only 49 yards, but that says he got good set of hands. He he gets open, you know, you go six for six. That's always going to help your case. And he gets in the end zone. He's going to get work. They're going to be more confident with him as they continue to build him along. So don't, those are the guys for me. If they're on your waiver wires, I'd be adding them. They're not people I'm necessarily thinking I'm going to start soon, but they're players I'm thinking I need a flex play in a bye week and see where it goes. They're the kind of guys I think you can fill in and, and, and Rager, Rager, Rager has to use this season to make his second year breakout case. I mean, and as long as Javante, as long as, as as Devontae Smith is there, getting some of that, some of that attention and, and kind of you know taking that, I think that yeah, you could you could probably count six targets a game for 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 Rager. Yeah, I think you could probably rely on him. And Chris Watkins is not going to be a thing. Like, it's just not going to be a thing. People were hyping him up. Oh, he's going to play the slot. Do you know what? It doesn't matter when you've got Jalen Hurts. Who plays in the slot? They're not going to get the kind of throws that a traditional quarterback is going to throw to there because he's going to run with the ball. <laughs> it's just, yeah, he's just going to take the yeah. ball off. Yeah. Don't worry about Quiz Watkins. He will do fine, but he is he's just a guy. Any more advice you want to give out to people uh, for 
week two and beyond? Is there any sort of smash plays you're looking at or advice you kind of want to give to to our listeners so they can? I think they've they've learned a lot from from you as we sort of dissecting week one. Is there anything else they they should know and advice going forward? Um, I'm heading into week two. Anything that happened on your roster that you know maybe traditionally would not happen. Don't I don't want you guys running around and making making all these trades and making all these. Do not overreact. Week one overreaction is going to happen. Don't be that person. Take advantage of the other guys around you and your league, guys and gals in your league that are going to be that person. Don't be that person. Take advantage of the people that are going to be that person. You have enough stress that you're already going to be dealing with, you know, in terms of learning, wondering who's going to be popping off on your roster next. Just keep yourself calm. It's where it's the first week of football. It's the first week of football. Realistically, no one really flopped. Did some people maybe pop off? Yes. You know, I'd say maybe look for 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 breakouts. Um, you know, maybe see if you can you can strengthen strengthen your roster. Maybe grab Jamar Chase like 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 a wide receiver three or something. You know, maybe make a trade in that in that regard. Um, you know. Maybe you use the case well, Jamar Chase, you know, was successful because he had to go into overtime, you know, whatever the case may be, you know. Uh, but don't don't overly panic. Don't overly panic. Like, I'm not making any trades in any of my leagues because of anything that happened during week one. I was just happy that damn football is back. And that's the way that I'm chalking up week one. Don't overreact to it, guys. Be water. Week two, maybe you start looking at, you know, if, if you got if you have a guy that, that flops, you know, back to back weeks for you, maybe that's when you start, you know, taking a look at and, and and maybe making some moves. But you drafted these, you drafted your players for a reason. Yeah. So trust them, have some faith in them. I think the biggest thing I would say to add on to that is is this. So I, I got a lot of start set questions. I tried to answer them all. There's a few I didn't get to. Um, and I know you did as well. You sent a message out. You know, there's a way that they can subscribe to your premium content and get those answered. We have our Patreon that people, if you join that, there's a WhatsApp group. I will pick up every single question in that WhatsApp group, and that will be our my priority. But I will try and get to everybody regardless, but it's not always going to happen. But I always say to people this. The first thing I do when people ask me about start sits, they always give me someone who should never be in a start-sit conversation, right? If you drafted a guy in the first four rounds and you're asking me yeah. to start someone who you basically is free or is a hype guy, right, start your starts. doesn't matter, right? Talent is always going to prevail. Don't let people like Zeke and Henry and uh, Mike Evans and, and guys who just didn't show up week one, Devontae Adams. Like, if I get a start-sit question that's serious next week, about starting Callaway over Devontae Adams, I'm just going to send you to this video, to this message, and to say, check yourself. Because start your studs. You drafted them there because you believe they are league winners. Now, listen, once you get to rounds six, seven, eight, nine, they are the areas where, fine, I think that's valid. And listen, if, you, if you've got two guys... If you got to end up with a stack of four running backs in the first four rounds, and you ask me which two or three you got to start, that's a different scenario, right? But yeah, don't yeah. ask me about Derrick Henry versus 
<laughs> like Elijah Mitchell. Like, just don't ask me that style set question. Like, no, like, I'm not gonna, yeah, I'm like, you're starting Gary Henry, but Gary Henry flopped last yeah. week. I'm like, I don't care. <laughs> it's gonna happen. And the, the other thing is, I'd, I'd say, is any, once you're getting down to those realms of players, that's where the matchups are key. So people were asking me, like, starting Callaway, and I was like, yeah, start Callaway if you're really, like, desperate of a flex play. Fine. But people were asking me, do I start, like, Pittman over Callaway? Yeah, I'm always starting Pittman over Callaway because the matchup stinks. Like, he's going to have Jair Alexander covering. We don't know what Jameis Winston's going to do. You know, it's too many unknowns. I always go, if I'm in a scenario where I've got the known versus the unknown, going the known route every time and do you know what i'm gonna be wrong 35 percent of the time that's fine i bake that into the decision making process but we knew that Pittman was gonna get work we weren't so sure that callaway versus alexander was gonna get work that turned out to be the case i mean neither were a brilliant play regardless but that's the process and when you're getting to those later rounds, look at the matchups, look at the corners. If they're going to be up against Jalen Ramsey, if they're going to be up against some of the elite corners, um, your studs don't worry about that. Your studs are your studs for that reason. They will beat that coverage more often than not. And when they don't, they don't. Like, it happens. But I always say to people, I'm always going to be more pissed off if I bench C. Kelly against the Bucks and he goes off than if I bench like Melvin Gordon and he goes off. <laughs> Like yeah, I mean, yeah. <laughs> like uh, you can't you can't ever justify benching Zeke Elliott and him going off and be and then sit there and be moaning and and feel like you're justified to have a whinge about it. Whereas not starting Melvin Gordon, he goes off. You think, well, that's just bad luck that happens. <laughs> exactly. I can't no, make no, a seventy-yard run for Melvin Gordon. Understand understand your wide range of outcomes. You know, I understand your different your different wide range of outcomes. For yeah, sure. I, it's so important because I and that's the big thing is if you bench a stud and they go off, how are you going to feel and react? You're going to feel stupid. I and we all try and overthink it. We all try and beat the game. You can't beat the game. You just have to give yourself the best possible chances to do well and. You're going to make wrong decisions. We're going to give you wrong advice. That's part of it. But what we do is we try and make sure we give you the right advice more often than the wrong advice. And that's by baking in that experience, by baking in those matchups, by not not benching studs unless something radical has happened. Um, they're, they're the key things, I would say. If, you, if you've if you lost week one, you've lost week one. You just, uh, it, it yeah. happens. Um, it is what it is. I've, I've, I've literally I've lost week one before in some leagues and have never lost another game after that. Like it's it's okay. Yeah, the world's not going to end because you lose you lose week one. Your season doesn't end the same way that if you ended up as a top point scorer in your league this week, congratulations. Um, enjoy the moment. Do not think that your team doesn't need work because you're oh, yeah. one injury or one play away from everything falling okay. apart. So still play your waiver wire, even if you are one and zero with the best points record. You know you still got to play your waiver wire. You've still got to play the games. Don't let the others catch up. If I'm one and zero and I've got the best team uh, in the league from week one, I'm adding. I'm putting my foot on the accelerator. I want to go further into the into the horizon away from everybody. You know I want to be picking up the players that nobody is. You might not get Eliza Mitchell this week because he's going to be 
top priority out everywhere. But you can probably get um, someone highly significant on your waiver wire. There's plenty of guys this week that you can be getting. You could be getting a Kenny Gainwell. You can be getting these players who I'm sure you'll find room for. Mark Ingram, for example. These are the sorts of players you can get and stopping your competition from getting a bit stronger. So play the waiver wire, even if you're 1-0. Do not sit there and think your team is cruising to the playoffs at this stage. This has been so much fun. I'll have to get you on much sooner, my, my man. But tell everyone where they can find your premium content so that they can uh, subscribe and get those start sets and join, join in on the shows. And then where can everybody find all the work you're doing this season because you're in a lot of places. <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. Um, so first thing, uh, like, like, like Murph mentioned, um, we, 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 all, all of our content uh, is available on, on YouTube, Run Boys Fantasy Network for free, but we also have the ability for you to be able to join um, for premium content. You'll get access to a private Discord server, custom emojis and, and loyalty badges next to your name, weekly newsletter that'll have uh, different things like props, over-unders, spreads, things that I don't discuss, that I, that I won't discuss on air. I have in a specific newsletter that you'll be able to get as well. Um, so some of my most exclusive uh, 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 props and bets there. Um, let's see. Oh, this year we have added in the, the gambling aspect to things. So we're not just doing fantasy anymore. I'm helping with everything. <laughs> uh, so yeah, feel, uh, feel free if you guys want to. Join our YouTube channel. Um, so, so, to subscribe is free. It's free to become a subscriber. If you want to become a member, it's just uh, it's just it's just six ninety nine. Um, and then also Mondays, Monday mornings, you guys can catch my Doctor Roto Monkey Knife Fight article, breaking down my uh, by my favorite props for the Monday night games. Uh, which you guys you know can get on drroto.com. Get on over there. We also have some cool tools over on drroto.com that you know DFS lineup optimizers, different things of that nature um, that you guys can check in uh, check in with and uh, utilize as well. Um, but other than that, just follow me on Twitter at RunboysRobbie, um, RunboysR. Uh, follow me everywhere else. Runboys spelled a Z N E T. Uh, runboys.com for my staff's articles and all of my articles as well. So I, I still do free work. I will never not do free work. I will never, ever, ever not do free work. There's just some other features that we charge for. So I just want to make sure I put that out there. Um, but yeah, hundred percent. And please do follow Robbie because he's a great follow on Twitter and he just so giving with his time and advice, you know, just do, um, do support him. Um, because he's just he's just one of the good guys he's someone that i've known a, a while and and will always support and will always stand by because he is just he's as real as they come and I, I love having him on and i'm sorry it's been so long and it won't be as long next time i absolutely promise you that rush nation we are going live in about six minutes with the college show you'll catch stocks and ash there um feel free to give ash some crap about ohio state um losing to oregon um you know, the Sakais do live on uh, for another year. Thank goodness. Um, failing that, tomorrow night, the Dynasty show's here. Uh, the DFS show uh, will be here. Wednesday, we've got the game show. That will be here. Um, lots going on on the network, as always. There's lots of shows, lots of content. As I said, don't over-worry about week one. Let's go and get week two. Let's go run those waiver wires. The waiver wire show is up on YouTube. Go hit that up. But until later on in the week, as always, don't forget, keep rushing.
live a long, healthy life if you're HIV positive. With the current treatments, we can get patients down to being undetectable. The array of options is so much greater today. U equals U. Undetectable equals untransmittable. If someone who's HIV positive, they're taking their medication, they're undetectable, they're not able to pass HIV to their partners. Do it for you, Montgomery County. Your HIV treatment is their prevention. Get more information at doitforyoumc.org. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health-monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinarian developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.